0: If you really want to improve as a leader, I've got a great deal for you. Simply go to mojouniversity.com and sign up for our two-week trial. Take any of my courses, I promise you, you're going to get better, you're going to learn. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up totally for free and try us out for two weeks. Oh, I, feel
1: good. I, knew that I
0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I am thrilled to introduce my special guest. My special guest is self-proclaimed questionologist uh, Warren Berger. Yes, I said questionologist. It's not easy to say, but Warren self-described him this way. And you're going to learn why today, because he's also the author of the book of Beautiful Questions, A More Beautiful Question, and Glimmer, among other books. We're going to discuss his latest book, The Book of Beautiful Questions, today. Uh, But Warren uh, has written for Fast Company, Harvard Business Review, The New York Times, and he speaks around the world about the power of questions in business and education. And I know you're going to pick up some tips today from Warren, Warren welcome to the manager mojo show glad to have you with us today uh, thanks it's great to be here well I'm looking forward to talking about your book uh, it, it is truly fascinating but before we get into that why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work
1: no oh, outside of work well you know yesterday I I live about an hour outside of New York City but I don't get enough time uh, in the city i kind of forget sometimes that i'm so close to one of the greatest cities in the world and uh so yesterday i actually took a full day to just kind of spend time in the city uh wandering around at different spots going to an interesting museum that was uh full of miniaturized replicas of cities and countries around the world it was very cool it was called gulliver's gate Awesome. Um, and then I then I went to a play network uh, with Brian Cranston and just did a, went to a bunch of restaurants just had fun kind of roaming around the city so that's that's the last interesting thing I've done outside of work
0: that's awesome Warren uh, it, you certainly do live in a great city I've visited many times and I love New York I never get tired of going there uh, and it, it, if you didn't do anything other than people watch it's worth the price of admission to do yeah. that. So great city and uh, I'm glad you had a good time. Now, Warren, I am uh, thrilled to share your book with our audience today because uh, one of the questions and the the real magic in asking questions is something that I've shared uh, for a long time with salespeople uh, that I've trained over the years. Uh, as well as leaders who really struggle with this. And I I want to begin today by asking you to share your story of just how you became so interested in this idea of asking the right questions, uh, up to the point that you even made up a word and called yourself a questionologist. I think it'd be great for people to hear that story.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I guess it goes back to the fact that I started my career as a journalist and a a newspaper reporter and so in that job you use questions every day as kind of a tool of the trade you know that's how you get your information is by figuring out the right questions to ask and um, you know a lot of times I was interviewing CEOs uh, or even sometimes even movie stars and uh, politicians you know all kinds of high-ranking people and so I had to uh work pretty hard on my questions to make sure I was not wasting their time or getting the best information out of them and so it was kind of a craft that I worked on at that point in my career but then more recently, there was a change that happened there was There was kind of a light bulb moment for me, which was um when i was doing I was doing a lot of writing for Wired magazine and Uh, publications like that. And I was interviewing a lot of, uh, they would always assign me to interview innovators, you know, people who had invented stuff or come up with a big breakthrough Mm -hmm. in their industry, Uh, designers, engineers, uh, or or brilliant uh, CEOs. Um, And so I found when I was interviewing these people, that they were better questioners than I was, <laughs> I mean they they were thinking about questions all the time, and i didn 't realize that. I mean, I thought, yeah, journalists do that i knew I knew you know um interrogators do that, uh you know police interrogators, I knew lawyers ask questions, but I always thought of it as something you did when you were trying to pull information out of another person, and what I learned from these leaders and innovators is that no, there's a lot of ways that asking questions. Uh, uh, helps you to be a better uh, innovator or a better leader um, because it, it you get into the habit of asking of stepping back and asking um, you know powerful or fundamental questions about what you're doing or what the people around you are doing or what's missing you know where is the opportunity here so I found that um, these people that I was profiling were really good at asking questions both of the people around them which made them good leaders, but really, sometimes even more importantly, of themselves. They really knew how to ask themselves powerful questions about, you know, what should I be doing right now, or what is the real problem I should be focused on right now? They were very, very good at that. So I decided, you know, once I had that realization, I said, wow, this is an interesting thing, and I'm going to write about questioning From this angle, you know, I don't think anyone really has uh, about I'm going to write about the fact that questioning is this, uh, you know, starting point of innovation, and it's also a great tool of leadership. And uh, so that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. Well,
0: it's a fascinating journey, and I congratulate you for uh, taking it on. Uh, I know uh, you mentioned uh, reporters ask questions. I think that was uh, in the past for the most part. By and large, reporters I find today uh, already have written their article, and they they simply direct people to fill in the blanks on what they've already written. They don't really know the the wisdom of questioning. And yeah, I well, think- that
1: is true. That does that does happen a lot in journalism, now and it's and it's a it's a problem with. Uh, journalism that is, as you say, has, has sort of made up its mind beforehand what the angle of the story is. Um, if you are approaching it in the way that you're supposed to as a journalist, you, know, you should have a very open mind, and you should be using questions to learn and, and figure out what's really going on.
0: Uh, and here's why I, I actually brought that up because yeah. you, you said that you have to have an open mind and you should be, uh, I, I, in your book, you talked a lot about curiosity. And yeah. uh, I, I just, uh, I find that business people oftentimes don't understand that they must keep uh, an open mind and they have, have to have this thing called curiosity. Why is it so important for us, Warren, to actually have curiosity if we're going to learn how to ask the right questions and good questions
1: well, I think what you know curiosity is is closely tied to learning um, you know one of the things I talk about in in my book is you know I say that um, uh, you know curiosity is like an itch right and mm-hmm and then when we ask questions and learn that's how we scratch the itch Absolutely. so so we, so the curiosity is the thing that get that will that will make you take the effort to keep learning to keep learning new things and so the real issue is you know someone might say well why do you have to keep learning you know you're already a successful a uh, leader or a successful business executive—don't uh, you? Aren't you in a position where you can kind of, you know, you kind of know it already? And I think that's the big mistake that's being made by a lot of people, uh, particularly in leadership positions, is the idea that you know I've kind of figured this out already. Um, whenever you do that, you get in big trouble. Whenever you take that attitude, uh, particularly today, because today things are changing so rapidly that anyone who who claims to have all the answers is going to get in trouble very very quickly and uh and so I think this is a, this is the key thing that leaders are, are are figuring this out you know some of them have had have had trouble with this uh because to be honest they were trained to think that you know you go through business school you get your education and after that you're the answer guy <laughs> you you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the person that everybody comes to uh... and you have all the answers and they're also conditioned to think that their authority derives from that in other words if they don't pretend to have all the answers then they won't have authority over people people will will lose confidence in them So I think this is a big issue, you know, and it's it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one for a lot of leaders to, to grapple with it, to say, well, how much can I, how vulnerable can I be? You know, how much can I reveal that I don't know everything um, without worrying that maybe people will think, gee, he's not smart enough to be our leader. (laughs) you know. So that's what they're, that's part of what they're grappling with. And, and I think, um, it's, it's less of an issue now than maybe it was a few years ago because I think everyone both the leaders and the people following them are starting to figure out that hey you know this is a complex world we're in nobody has all the answers if someone tries to tell you they have all the answers just go the other way because uh, they're gonna lead you right off a cliff you know, yeah, know so, so you want you want the leaders that are exploring that are learning and that are adapting and they're, they're on top of everything that's changing uh, they're looking at what's down the road what's what's around the what's around the corner and they're trying to figure out how they should respond to that that's what you need to be doing as a leader today and you can't do that unless you're questioning all the time you know unless you're questioning your own assumptions uh... your own habits Uh, unless you're questioning what people are telling you, you know, the information you're getting uh, from, from big data, you know, we have all this information now, but is it good information? Right. So unless you're, unless you're really questioning all that stuff as a leader, you're, you're, you're going to get in trouble.
0: I totally agree with you. And uh, the one thing that you pointed out in the book that I, I actually uh, just totally love, because I think it, it, uh, it points out an attitude that we might need to have and you talked about leaders must uh, have Confidence enough confidence in themselves to be vulnerable uh, Yeah, why is that so important for us Warren because? Uh, you know a, a lot of people they really kind of hate the idea of vulnerability
1: Yeah, yeah, I just think it's important to, because the, the only if we have confidence then we can admit things like, I don't know, I don't have the answer to that, but I want to find out. Um, you have to have confidence to be able to do that. Uh, people who don't have confidence, what they do is they try to fake it, right? Yeah. Um, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know, I know, uh, and they'll try to cover it up. Um, they'll try to, and you get in trouble when you do that because, you know, you may fool people in the short term, but you're not going to fool them for very long. So I think it's so important for leaders to have the confidence to say, hey, you know, we haven't figured that problem out yet. And that's okay. But as long as we're working on it, as long as as long as we're aware that we haven't figured out this problem and we're doing something about it then that's okay. So I I think that's where the confidence and the humility uh, comes into play, you know, uh, what I say in the book is it's a balance between confidence and humility. Mm -hmm. The humility part is being humble enough to admit you don't have all the answers, and the confidence part is about being confident enough to do that in front of everyone, and and to still be confident that they'll follow you anyway. And um, you know the the really good leaders have this. They're not afraid. You know, you go back to Steve Jobs and uh, people of that ilk. Uh, you know, Jobs was not afraid to ask questions in front of his people. He asked questions all the time. Um, he would ask. Uh, I saw. I found a great quote about Steve Jobs uh, that was from the early '90s, I believe. And someone asked him, you know, what was the most important thing you learned about running a business? And he said the most important thing he learned or the most valuable thing he learned was um, that if he went around the company and he went to each department and he asked people in that department, why are you doing things the way you're doing them? It was incredibly um, valuable. Uh, he He would force those people to then question their own assumptions and their own habits, at the same time, he would learn something. You know, he would learn. Okay, now I understand why they're using that particular practice or uh, or procedure in that department. Maybe I didn't know before. So it was this incredibly valuable thing. So simple, right? Just going around to each department and 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 asking that very fundamental question: Why are you doing things the way you do? Why are you using that system? You're in the shipping department. You're saying, okay, why are you using this? Uh, System for shipping that you're using. Just doing that had this incredible effect on the company, he said.
0: Well, I I think it's a a great move for all of us. And unfortunately, we shy away from questions because most of the time we don't think through how to do them. And I, I want to point out to our listeners, Warren. Uh, it's my belief that you did a brilliant job of actually breaking down this book and organizing it. You, you looked at it Mm -hmm. in, in four different areas of questions, uh, you break them down in a nice logical format. And even in the end of it, uh, you have list of those questions with references back to the, to the stories in the book. Right. And yeah. uh, one of the things that I think is going to help all our listeners, and I want, to, I want to encourage you to go get your copy because it's going to be a resource book for you. Uh, Warren yeah. does a great job of sharing stories about why each question really is valuable. And yeah. it, it's that ability for us to relate to other stories that that I think is so helpful. Uh, so I just want to point that out, Warren. It's it's just exceptionally well, thank well you. done. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, it was it was a big job. I mean, there's altogether there are 500 questions in the book. And, um, you know, but at the same time, I didn't want it to be just a list, you know, of questions. So that's why you need to have the stories, the context, so people understand, oh, okay, now I understand why this question is effective in this situation.
0: Yeah and and you actually help everybody by helping them understand the context that they should actually uh, think about those questions. Now right. I, I, the, the thing that I, I, the story I loved uh, because you you, uh, you talk about how p- some people say that you know okay I don't really know how to ask questions but if you don't if you really want to know you used an example of go to a four-year-old girl Uh, Tell people about that story. Now, that's really uh, that's a really personal story for me because I want you to understand I raised uh, two daughters. Uh, I have three granddaughters and I know this to be true. So I want you to share that with others.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the Polaroid story? The, yeah, yeah, just the, tell, the, tell with, one before, of yeah, the stories. Yeah. yeah, well, it's interesting. The, the, um, uh, you know, well, first of all, let me start by saying you know, there's been research on uh, kids and question asking, right? And the research has identified that, first of all, we all know that kids ask a lot of questions. But the research has identified that um, they really peak at around four or five years old, and then one of the studies uh, really zeroed in even further and found that a four-year-old girl is the ultimate questioning machine. Uh, a four year old girl is asking you know like three hundred questions a day it 's just incra- it 's just crazy uh, a four year old boy is not far behind by the way if you know if the girl 's asking three hundred he 's probably asking two eighty but but anyway the four year old girl is the you know is the ultimate questioner and what 's interesting is this when I found this statistic it it made me it reminded me of a story that i 'd heard about um involving a four year old girl uh, which uh involves the Polaroid instant camera. You know, that uh camera was created uh back in the late 1940s was introduced, but it came about because a few years before that, the founder the founder of the company, um, Edwin Land had been uh, on vacation and Edwin Land um he was with his daughter on vacation and he was four-year-old daughter, he was taking pictures. He took her picture, and after he took the picture, she said to him, you know, I, I want to see the picture. And he said, no, 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 you know, we have to send send it out. It's going to take a few days before the, the picture gets developed, and then I'll be able to show it to you. And she said to him, why do we have to wait for the picture? And Edwin Land said, you know, when he heard that question, which is just an innocent child's question, Right. Um, it just shifted his thinking because all of a sudden it caused him to step back and think well gee why do we have to wait for the picture and 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 what if you didn't have to wait you know what what if you had a camera where you know you got to see the results right away wouldn't that be pretty cool and that you know that whole thing, that whole that question just got him started on the whole journey uh, of introducing about five years later the Polaroid instant camera. So I use that as an example of, of the power of a, of a, of a beautiful question. Um, uh, the power of a question that forces you to step back and rethink, you know, rethink some of your assumptions. You know, before that, he heard that question from his four-year-old daughter, he was operating on the assumption that that's just the way it is. You know, you have to wait for the picture. That's the way it is, and you just have to live with that, right? But once he heard that question, he suddenly started to think, you know, maybe that isn't the way it has to be. Maybe it could be different. So that's the real power of questions right there.
0: Is, what a beautiful example, and, and I know all of us probably have instances in our own life where uh, innocent questions really helped us go down a path of discovery and I think that's yeah. one of the beautiful things we can do when we ask questions and we ask the right questions we help uh, the other individual also go on that journey with us and yep. that journey of discovery together becomes very powerful uh, yeah I think so yeah I'm curious uh, because uh, your book is uh, is the first that I've ever seen that addressed decision-making and the role of questions in decision-making. Now, the, the reason that I'm bringing it up is because, uh, in my own experiences with training leaders, uh, for many, many years, one of the most difficult things that, uh, leaders have as they move up the chain of command is in making decisions. Yeah, and yeah. if they didn't, if they didn't have your book for anything other than to read the section on decision making, how powerful it would be in their career. Now you make a point here, and I want you to expound on it a little bit for our listeners. Yeah. Uh, you said that uh, oftentimes uh, list, uh, leaders will make decisions based on their gut when sometimes that gut is just more wrong than right. And we've all experienced that where we, we, we trusted our gut, but we didn't get enough information to really draw the right conclusion. Uh, yeah. it, it, tell us a little bit about your experience in researching this and, and how we can benefit from really applying questioning to our decision-making.
1: It's fascinating. It's a fascinating area of research. You know, they've, there's been some great work done on decision-making in, in the past decade or so. Uh, by a lot of great researchers. One of the, one of the greatest is, is Daniel Kahneman, um, a, a great researcher, a great psych- psychologist, and, and one of the things Daniel Kahneman discovered is that when we make these decisions based on our gut instinct, we're, a lot of times we're, we think we know more than we do. It's like our brain tricks us, or our gut tricks us, if you will, into feeling like, you know, I, I just know this, I, I, I feel it in my gut. And he pointed out there's all kinds of reasons why we, we think we know more than we do. We're sometimes applying past experience that's not quite relevant. You know, it's, it, it's experience we had doing something different, and we take the lessons we learned from that and we apply it in a whole different area where it doesn't make sense and it causes us to make bad decisions. It can also be the fact that we're all subject to biases. You know, as human mm-hmm. beings, we have all these biases. You know, we, we, tend to be, uh, we tend to put more um, emphasis on fear and, and risk, and so we're sometimes biased against risk-taking. Um, we have short-term biases, where we, we focus more on immediate things than we do on long-term uh, issues. So there are all these biases and, uh, and just assumptions that will cause us to make the wrong decision if we're going on kind of gut instinct you know, or emotion. So you know, the point I, I make in the book and, and that a lot of these psychologists are now making is that if you can slow yourself down, if you have the luxury to do that, you know, and I understand there are times when you have to make decisions quickly and you don't have that luxury. But if you have the luxury to slow down the decision making process a little bit and to consider it from more angles and to take in a little more information, uh, it will usually help you to, uh, to make a better decision. The way, the analogy I use is, you know, and this comes out of some of uh, the, the research, is that when we're looking at a problem or an issue, you can think of it as a, we, we have a flashlight, uh, that is lighting up just a small circle. Of, of the information available. And if we, if we do a gut decision, we're making the decision based on just that small circle we can see. And what we want to do is widen that circle so that we're seeing more stuff, you know, we're seeing a little more information, we're seeing a little more points of view of other people. Uh, if we can widen that circle, we're probably going to make a better decision. So questions help you to widen that circle. You can, you know, you can use certain questions to ask, okay, you know, uh, what, would, uh, what would be the opposite approach of what I might do? Let me think about that. Let me consider that. Um, you could ask a question like, if my best friend was, had to make this decision, what would I advise my best friend to do? That's an interesting question. You know why? Because, it, because we give ourselves worse advice than we give to our best friend. That's been sort of shown by the research that you're actually will you you'll give better advice on decision making to your friend than to yourself because you can be objective when you look at your friend's situation. You can't really be objective when you look at your own situation. So there are all these questions that will, uh, you can ask that will force you to just step back, take in a little more information, um, change the angle that you're looking at the problem from. You do these things, and it basically helps you make a more well-rounded decision.
0: Well said, Warren. Uh, I would even argue that uh, when you can learn how to ask really good questions, uh, you actually speed up decision-making instead of slow it down because uh you have more clear data and this idea to be able to ask really great questions to get the heart of the matter i think is just a key uh leadership quality and a leadership skill that you need and it, it i promise you listeners uh warren will help you get better and better at this it's just there's so much meat here we can't possibly go into all of it today uh warren uh, I know people are going to want to know more about you and know more about your great work. Uh, how would you recommend that they connect with you?
1: Well, I've pretty much poured everything into my website, <laughs> so you can awesome. you can go to the website and uh, the website is is based on the title of my first book on questioning, which was called A More Beautiful Question, and the new book is The Book of Beautiful Questions. So, it, but the website is uh, is named after the first book, so it's. Um, www.amorebeautifulquestion.com So just squeeze those four words a more beautiful question together. Uh, morebeautifulquestion.com Now if you go on there, you'll find all kinds of articles and posts and research about why questioning is so important and how it can help you. Uh, but there's also fun stuff on there. You know, there's, um, there's, I'm compiling a, a song list of every song I can find that has a question for the title. Like uh, you know, who wrote the book on love, uh, songs like that, so um, so there's fun stuff inv- there's a quiz you can take to find out whether, what kind of a questioner you are and all of that sort of thing so I've turned it into kind of just a uh, you know a, a, a clearinghouse of, of all the questioning stuff I've been gathering for the past um, you know six, seven years.
0: I just love it, and uh, listeners, for those of you that are exercising right now uh, be safe. Uh, we will be sure to include a link directly to Warren's website for your convenience. I encourage you to go to his website, uh, morebeautifulquestion.com and learn more about, uh, about his work. And uh, also make sure you get your copy of the book. Uh, Warren, as we uh, come to a close for our chat today, uh, I like for our, our listeners to have action items. And as as we close today, what would be uh, the one or two key action items that you would recommend to our listeners that they could improve their questioning technique uh, and their maybe their exposure to the value of beautiful questions?
1: Well, I think you know the first thing to do is is. Go to the site, um, read up a little bit on questioning, or get the book and read up on it. But um, that's really important because you want to make sure you you appreciate the value of questioning. Uh, and, and what you'll see on the site is, you know, you'll see that the, all of this great stuff has come out of questioning, and, you know, all kinds of breakthroughs and innovations, and, you know, a lot of great stuff has come out of it. So I think that's really important because, you know, we only do stuff if we value it you know otherwise we won't make the time to do it so you have to convince yourself that it's important to to be a questioner and to ask questions so that's the first thing i would i would recommend the second thing i would say is think about the ways that you can use questioning more on a just on a daily basis within your organization um, and that's really up to you you know i have suggestions in the book but you know think about whether Gee, if we have meetings, should we start the meetings with a, with a big question that we can all um, think about together or work on? Um, or it could be that you decide, hey, when, when I'm walking around my company every day, uh, there, there are certain questions I'm going to be sure to ask. You know, like, um, you know, the, the a classic one would be like, how can I help? You know what are you working on and how can i help but you know you may want to come up with your own questions so think about the ways that you can incorporate questioning into your daily practice as a manager or a leader
0: those are two great action items warren and uh, i thank you uh, for submitting them to us today Uh, my guest today has been warren berger He's uh, the author of the book of beautiful questions, and I hope that you'll go get your own copy, that you'll study it, uh, that you'll learn how important this skill set really is. Warren, thank you for sharing your wisdom today. We wish you continued success on the behalf of all our Manager Mojo listeners.
1: Uh, thank you so much. It was great talking to you and to your audience.